0: Mansell at HJ Sports and today we're gonna to go over our new sites within the Tetra line for 2022 so new for 2022 we actually came out with a new way to mount your scope housing to the infinite adjust bracket no longer do you have to worry about your vertical adjustments uh, intertwining with the second access adjustments so as you'll see on the scope housing uh, there's actually an additional brick you can either mount that to the inside of the riser or to the outside of the riser. We recommend that for most traditional bows, you mount that to the inside of the riser and for any sort of sight that you're gonna mount in line with the bow to use the outside, just flip that around um, and mount it to the outside of the riser. So within each of the product categories, we have the Tetra Max, the Tetra, and then the Tetra LT. As always, our Tetra line of sights come in four different scope housing size options, an inch and three-eighths, an inch and five-eighths, an inch and three-quarters, and then also our four-pin housing, which is an inch and three-quarters. We also offer a 10,000th pin and a thousandths pin for both single-pin and four-pin options. On the Tetra itself, we once again have micro adjustments as well as your macro gain adjustments for left and right. For your vertical adjustments on your tetra bow sight you'll want to use the screw right here on the infinite adjust rail and the screw below that you'll just loosen those and slide it up and down another key feature on the 2022 tetra bow sight is the integrated scope ring that has a built-in level another key feature on the 2022 tetra bow sight is the ability to take a 2500 blue burst light this is an added on accessory but you can actually put that on there to add light to your pin or to reduce light. With that, we also have mechanical rheostat, which is an exclusive feature to HHA on the Tetra line. You'll be able to turn in the rheostat if you want to dim the light, and then you'll also be able to turn it out if you want to let more light in. Also on our 2022 Tetra line, both sides, the Tetra comes in either a fixed frame, our Hunter edition frame, or it comes on a four to eight inch adjustable dovetail. All HGA products are 100% made and sourced in the USA, and they carry 100% lifetime warranty. For any more questions, please visit our website at www.hjsports.com.
1: Hello, we're at the ATA show at uh, Veteran Innovative Products, uh, an all-American made and manufactured broadhead. So we've got a new one for 2020 called the Combat Veteran Four Blade. As you can see, four blades it's got a lot of the same high-quality materials we use with our original two-blade Veteran. But the Combat Veteran has a different deployment system. How it deploys is you just squeeze a little bit on your main blades. Okay, those compress, and then the broadhead opens. It still has our momentum management compressible blade technology, so the 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 cutting diameter is inch and a quarter by two inches on this when deployed. Uh, In flight, it's one inch by inch and a quarter. Another feature we added this year with these heads uh, is that you can exchange the bone breaching field point tip with a 125 grain setup if you would like. So swap the tip out, get you 125 grains instead of 100, which is big with those Western hunters. And then it's really simple to lock back in place, roll those blades up, and then it's a click, and another click on the other side. It's completely set in, will not prematurely deploy, will not rattle free, solid containment, 100% deployment every time. So we've made a lot of good adjustments and refinements to it to make sure that it's guaranteed to deploy every single time. So that's what's new for VIP this year.
2: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Bucks of America podcast. I am your host, Jeff Vance. This is my second episode here today, Iowa Deer Classic here in Des Moines, Iowa, and ran into a guy from Connecticut. Y'all know him by Trevor, or East Coast Trev from the Outdoor Drive podcast, and it's like I've been excited about this day for like the last two weeks. I've been planning everything out and making sure everything is good to go, and uh, I'm just I'm glad everything is like working out, so... Trev, man, how was your trip getting out here, man? Oh, it was fantastic, man. I,
3: you know, thank you so much. That's uh, very humbling that that you have been waiting for me to be on the podcast with you, bro. I, it doesn't have to be like that. I promise, it's not that important. But no, the trip out here was fantastic. Uh, two flights in, and got here safe. And it's better than driving. I'll tell you, the 18-hour drive when it comes in is that's
2: horrible. That's a horrible ride, I'll tell you. Yeah, uh, yo, I, I, I guarantee you that, man. I've, I, i we have done, we her and I've done a trip all the way out to. Arizona and that was 23 hours Ooh. straight we just we we didn't stop we just switched back and forth because we took off on Friday night and the wedding was Saturday night so it's like we just went back and forth the nice thing is like once you get outside of Iowa Iowa you get out to the anything west of the Missouri it goes to 75 and then everybody else goes however fast you want to go from there but the biggest thing is we had to walk and then that's where all the animals eventually get bigger with coyotes we almost ran into one coyote we saw a dead muley on the side when we got into Arizona, going through uh, I-10, there's a I, yeah I-10. There was I-40. It's I-40, and it's where you start seeing. Watch for elk. Watch for mule deer, and it's like, and you, and you see it's like, don't know what the fuck you're gonna run into. Watch out for bigfoot type scenario.
3: That's nuts. That's one of the things. Driving out here uh, two years ago, um, I had gotten one of these Nissan Altimas, brand new, right? And so I start driving, and I put on auto – not autopilot, but I put on cruise control, and I start driving, and I start veering off to one side. Well, it started correcting itself, and I'm like, what in the world, dude? It was a self-driving car. Nice. So so the whole entire time, the thing is just correcting itself, so it made the drive a a lot nicer, but it was nice because you hit – I think there is some parts that go up to seventy or seventy five, so it makes things a little bit more comfortable on the ride. It does, especially like when you go. Now, do you when you take do you take ninety out to the Midwest? Yes, yes, I do. I believe I do. I think we go eighty through Pennsylvania and then yeah, ninety across. Yep. Yeah, yeah. see, I, I'm one of the very few guys you'll ever meet that's actually been on both sides of
2: ninety next to a truck driver because it's like when uh, back in two thousand eight when when u.s went to shit because of all the predatory loans stuff like that and the more you learn about uh, Nam chomsky and all those guys and like they're talking about like this is all planned like it's like it's a weird complex scenario about how they did it but i went all the way out to seattle on i-90 and then a few years later i think it was 2011 2012 i went to new york on i-90 so it's like i've been on both sides of it it's it is remarkable it's really pretty right stuff like that but there are best time to drive through south dakota is
3: at night because it is so boring it's just one of those states that just goes on forever nebraska is one of those states it just never ends oh 100 percent worst man. but we know there's big deer there so it's it's okay oh that's so true like i, I don't know if i was telling you about this but i got a uh
2: buddy of mine craig james from um uh, back or backwoods fit he, it, he he reached out to me earlier this year asking like to show you if we can do it a, a over-the-counter miriam hunt because it's only like 17 it's like 700 miles, so 17-hour drive. Okay. So it's like between the two of us, would be like less than 600 bucks for, for a piece to go out there, which is pretty reasonable. Especially to get your Merriam. Yeah, because I, well, I got a truck and I got a camper, so that takes out not having to worry about where we have to get a hotel and such. And uh, we wanted to go out there, but it's like his schedule didn't allow it to, So we're, we're primarily now sticking to um, Wisconsin this season. But next year, 2023, is when we're going to head on out to
3: West to go out there and get after some turkeys. That's awesome, man. Have you gotten any other other than Merriam's, or you've only shot Easterns, or only been after Easterns? But I haven't shot one yet. Yeah,
2: yeah. They, I am not a very good turkey hunter, so it's one of those things where I just need to practice more. But it's one of those things I need to be somebody that knows how to call, and I
3: don't know how to call. And it's it's just practice, and I'm too lazy. See, the thing is, though, like calling wise, when it comes to turkeys, is one of those things that's like, that's uh, it's it's one of those crazy things that. You don't have to be the best turkey caller, I mean, to be honest with you. When it comes yeah. to turkey hunting, like, I don't know if you ever heard a hen in the woods. Sometimes those hens, they don't even sound like turkeys, to be honest with you. They sound like like dying seals. Oh, oh. You know, they don't even sound like turkeys. So. No kidding. Yeah, I mean, and you know what? The more time that you spend doing it, the better you'll get at it, obviously. And it's just practice, man. Practice, practice, practice. And, you know, a lot of people, I think one of the things that they fail at when it comes to turkey hunting is just you know, waiting them out, because everybody wants to hear that, pow, wow they want to hear those gobbles, man, but in all reality, man, you just wait those things out, and they'll, they'll definitely come in, they know where you are, when you, the first time you strike that striker on a pot call, they know exactly where you are, what tree, and how far away they are, they know. Yeah, because, uh,
2: what was it, Steve Bernal was talking about, there's a guy that actually lived with turkeys, like, actually, like, with them them and something and listen to their chirping like oh yeah there's like seven these are 17 different tones they 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 block vocalizations yeah Yeah, there's a a pile of them
3: and there's some that are being found we have a good buddy back home matt Weddish, phenomenal turkey caller and he had found actually a new a new vocalization um that they had never heard and you know you don't need to match those vocalizations i think if it's more or less just getting in and in and making your normal clucks and stuff like that that you know, the normal ones. Um, the problem with Turkey hunting, a lot of people don't realize this, or maybe they do is that Turkey hunting, you have to go against what regular nature does. Right. So normally when they gobble, that brings the hen to the Tom and Mm -hmm. you're going against that. You're bringing the Tom to the hen. Um, and it's, I don't know, man, it's it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good game of cat and mouse, honestly. It's fun. It really is. That is very true. So what made you come all the way out to Iowa? To Iowa? I, don't, I love coming out to the show. I've been coming out here for... Oh, man, this is probably my third or fourth time to come to the Iowa Deer Classic. I love coming out here. I get to hang out with the working-class bowhunter boys. Um, our buddies from Spy High, that's where you saw me at. Uh, yeah. They're there. Uh, Gator Outdoors. I got a lot of good friends here. The boys um, from the Outdoor Call Radio, Dan Young. So just kind of hanging out with good friends that you haven't got to see in a while and just kind of spend time. And, you know, like yourself, man, just see good people that are in the Midwest, man. You know, it's it's nice to see everybody and just
2: spend time. That is, that is a good point. You know, I like coming down here, too, because it's like, I've been reaching out to a bunch of people in Northern Iowa, Southern Iowa to see what they're to see what they're doing, and plus, right. like yourself and a few others, so it was nice to see that because like the, the really good, fun event is the the outdoor show now that's in the Dells in okay. uh, in Wisconsin. But that one is like that one is like more realistic where you actually can come to the state and hunt turkeys because they're here. Like, the, not for non-resident, good luck finding a tag because they're get they, there's not a lot of them available for people to pick. But if you go up to Wisconsin, it's not it's you can. Buy, you don't even have to put in for a. a uh, well, if you're if you're going to shoot um, shoot them with a, a firearm, you're gonna have to put in for for a license or a, a um, what's the word I'm looking for. Application for one. But for archery, you just wait until they go on sale and you buy whatever zone you want and such. So it's it's a little bit different, but it, each layout provides its own little uh, atmosphere. That's awesome, man. So and that's for whitetails, you said, or. They do turkey. It's used to be the Deer and Turkey Expo, okay. But then it's like somebody bought them, and then somebody else bought them out. So now it's called the Outdoor Show, and they do that one. There's and then, they – and it's I think it's all part of the same chain: Iowa, Wisconsin, Illinois, Kansas, and such. So I think they're all part of it, but not all vendors will go to each one of them. You know, right.
3: It's always good to go to any show. I mean, one of my favorite shows, honestly, is the the Pennsylvania, the Harrisburg show. It's one of the biggest shows around. Man, I, mean, yeah, I tell was everybody about. Weekend, that last weekend, right? Two weekends ago.
2: Two weekends ago, it's watching your feed, and you got yeah. tons of content coming yeah, out. Yeah, it was
3: 11, 11 days, man, and you know that one's probably one of the biggest. So there's, so NRA just broke. It was a they originally had one hundred seventy eight thousand in two thousand twenty. They had that many people, one hundred seventy eight thousand people that had gone through the building in eleven days. Wow. Um, they they broke their records and there were over two hundred thousand people that went through the building Holy in buckets. eleven days this year. Which is fantastic. I mean, that's what the industry needs, honestly. These people going back in and coming back to these shows and spending the money. Um, a little bit nervous right now with, you know, the prices of gas and stuff. It you know, we're talking to some of our friends here, they're not spending as much money as they have in the past. But, you know, getting getting everybody back out and being at these shows and seeing everybody is it's really important and it's very good for the industry to build the industry back to where it was. I think so, too, because now it's like people want
2: to get away from Amazon. They want to get back to local dealers and start with those, those mom-and-pop shops because the last two years was actually absolute hell on small businesses, and, and it's nice to see, start seeing some new faces. Right. And it's like I'm, I'm trying to meet new people here, too, as well, and, or I can try to set something up. Like uh, just one of, these, one, of the, one of the kids, I was just before I met up with you, right. comes up and like, hey, do you want to buy a raffle? And it's like, okay, and I like ask them what it's about. And they actually they really get uh, – it's based here out of Iowa – What's the what's the place, sweetie? What's the name of that uh, charity that I bought the raffle from? It's on the card. What was it? A young kid. Yeah. Come up next to you. It's. Was it fifty dollars a ticket or something? Twenty bucks oh, okay. a ticket for one. There but was another
3: kid that was doing something close to that also. Giving back outdoors. Giving back outdoors. What is that all about?
2: So it's they they get kids that yep. don't don't have an opportunity to go hunting, um, veterans, um, crip, uh, disabled uh, disabled people that don't have the opportunity. Was to Was that in
3: there? the nine hundred aisle?
2: yeah yeah it's okay yep and so i met uh dylan uh caru uh, and w- so i'm gonna i'm gonna um got his phone number so i'm gonna text him and try to set something up here in the middle of april because i've been, i've been taking my my uh podcasting game to a whole other level i've been focusing on getting guests every single week booking out almost two months in advance now which is what you almost have to do to to maintain that and it's like it's it's unique that like since people start to see my podcast numbers hit over triple digits, you get more and more people asking you like hey, like jump to my service. We want to stream your pro- your podcast. We want to monetize your stuff like that. And it's tough to figure out which one you want to go with because right. which one is going to actually produce for you, which ones won't. Cuz it's like there's like four or five there's like I think there's like seven or eight different companies out there that are re- reaching out and trying to build up their platforms and bringing people on. The biggest thing is like, I don't know if they really have listened to me when they, when they see, or they're just kind of looking through the podcast list and and see it's like, it's,
3: it's funny that you say that honestly, because I think that they know that podcasts have kind of been like the, the turn here. And that's, that's the new advertising thing for everybody is the podcast world. Yeah. And you know, there's, there's a lot of. There's a lot of people that want to jump on the bandwagon, man, and they want to be part of it and they want to advertise their stuff because they know that there's so many things. in especially with shadow banding on social media platforms and they're not getting out yes. there on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook. I mean, we talk about it a lot. I mean, I talked about it this morning when I did a podcast with Gator and it was just one of those things, man. Like it sucks that they're doing that to us, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's. It hurts us. It hurts guys like us trying to get the content out there and the content. You know, like, for example, the people that you had met up with today. I mean, dude, I got a special place in my heart for people like that. That I mean, that a lot of those people are volunteer people. Their name needs to get out there. People mm-hmm. like us need to get that out there and be heard, honestly.
2: Exactly. Because um, that's why we, we, we have a commonality with Tyson. I just got done recording a podcast with him. So his will be the first of the series to be released here. Over the next few weeks, or next few days, I haven't quite decided mm-hmm. how I'm going to roll them all out. But bringing people to his attention with the Dustoff project, and while we were there, he one of the guys came and picked up one of the bows I brought down last summer and to have him refurnish and, and get the guy going because he wanted. What's to What's the dust-off? What it is is that um, it's for it, you have to you have to meet certain qualifications for it, but you have to have uh, be retired, uh, military, EMS, uh, uh, firefighters, uh, police officers uh firefighters correction officers but but you have to you have to meet certain criteria and what right. you do is like uh Tyson is given bows and what he does is he gets he has a, he works with i think it's gas strings or something like that and i i don't quote me yeah. on it but uh the, he works with them and he has a whole bunch they'll what they'll do is they'll give them, help them refurbish the bows put new strings on them then he has a partnership with chris ham with h h a and they give they give him um sights and rests and stuff like that to put on these bows to get these guys back out just shooting and then hopefully getting them to three target shooting, and then moving into hunting or whatever helps them get out to it. And I've had my podcast whenever I drop with them. Usually I'll get one or two people to reach out. Hey, I got a bow that's sitting in my closet, and not doing anything. I want to donate it to you. And that's what it all is. And he has some requirements and how old the bow has right. to be. Because if it's too old, it can be may not be feasible, like to fix and, right. and get out of the go- going again. But uh, it's it's fun to have that to help these small projects grow because he's been growing every year since he's been doing it and working with um, the OKS podcast or the yeah the OKS Hunter podcast, myself, you, a bunch of other people. It's really bringing him to that stage where people are now are going to hopefully become as an opportunity to sell him that old bow. They can now donate it and put it in the hands of somebody else
3: and you know it's kind of funny that you talk about that this dust off program and I've this is the first time I'm hearing about it but it's guys like that that get these people back up in there these kids that that do that and and get them out there because you know honestly with the times that are going on today I think that the kids are the mostly effective what's going on so a project like that you know It gets those kids that have anxiety or, you know, depression or whatever else with the world because they're not their social skills right now are kind of horrible because they haven't been around kids or schools or whatever. So I think, you know, us as adults, we've used that with guys with PTSD and anxiety, depression, so on and so forth. So to bring it back to those kids in this dust off program, I think that's a phenomenal thing, honestly.
2: Yeah, exactly. Especially the the um, what's what's the, the give back program that I was just talking about? Yeah, that's we just found those tests today. It's like, this is awesome. It's like, I want to bring in those 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 no names to give them attention. They're based right out of Iowa City, Iowa. And uh, I'm looking forward to talking to them and picking his brand, of what they do, how they bring people in, how they advertise, and like just shining the light on these smaller groups to get them up there. Because you are right, these kids these days, these last couple of years, have had a stunt and communication. They've always been wearing masks. So their, their social cues are off. They can't communicate. They don't know the social cues in people's mouths and eyes and nose and stuff. Cause it's all being covered up. And so we, they need to get that social interaction, but also getting them away from the screens because you can't live a life behind a screen. Right. Even though I make a living behind a screen, but it's like, you don't really live behind a screen. You know, it's like it, right. You want them to encourage people out there. And it's like, I'm a big proponent. Of, like, just get outside and go hiking, go walking, yeah. pick up trash. That's the biggest thing, because it's like if you want to say goodbye to your public lands, leave, make them trashy, make them look nasty.
3: It's 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 funny we're we're talking about some of the same things I have talked about in prior podcasts because there's there's a lot of things that can be done like behind the screen. Bringing that back up is these kids are living behind those screens playing video games constantly, tablets, phones. So at a younger age, um, and I think that with parents one of the things that they can do is kind of point these kids in the right direction as far as showing them trail cameras and the electronics with maps and so on and so forth and kind of bring the outdoors into their electronics Mm -hmm. and not be watching, you know, Mr. Rogers and blues clues. I know those things aren't around anymore, but I don't know some of the, the the newer things, but, um, I think that's an important thing that they need to start doing honestly and get these kids more outdoors and involved with what's going on.
2: And that's a great thing about like we have the Randy Newberg and we have, um, uh, Steve Renella. Yep. We have these these guys that can be able to bring a certain por- perspective to it, but it's not um verbally violent, you know, it's very calm, very easy going, mm-hmm. but it's very hum- hum- humble. They get to show them like the the wind, the 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 winds, the losses of being outside, but also getting to show these beautiful screens these these beautiful scenery shots that you can't get or if you're playing Xbox or PS5 or whatever.
3: Absolutely. And, that, and that's what needs to be done, 100%. Nice. So now, are you out here all weekend then, or are you you come you're flying back tomorrow? No, I fly back uh, Monday morning. So, came in Friday, and then I'll get out of here Monday morning and back to the, the daily grind of the beautiful East Coast. Now, when do you get back out on the water? Because, I mean, you guys got to... You... So, that starts up June 1st. Normally, I get back on the water June 1st, and then... Then that's when things kind of really get hectic for me, honestly. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, um, but then on the same token, I'm not, you know, because yeah. I mean it's back to work, you know, yeah. I mean, it's it keeps it busy. I mean, 12, 14 hour days sucks, you know, but out there doing it and it... It's it's fun. One of the really positive things that I get out of it constantly is I'm around a ton of people that may not have caught a big fish before and the smile on their face. You know, it's like it's like having a young kid on the boat constantly. You know, sometimes there is. I mean, this year there was one girl that in particular that came out and she ha- she was angler of the year back home. No kidding. Um, yeah, We're where's, a- where's back home for her. She, Connecticut, oh, back Connecticut. in Connecticut, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So she she was angler of the year. She got a fifty-one pounder uh, with wow. us on the boat, and she ended up she got a. They get like a trophy pin and so on and so forth. But that's cool because the smile on their face is just incredible, man. And to, to live with that every single day is probably the best part of the job and it's,
2: and it's going to cement that that experience in her that she's going to want to bring everybody to it's like when i got into paintball it's like i got everybody into paintball because right. my excitement about it like being able to shoot somebody in the face and get away with it it's just fantastic now i'm slowly doing with archery because archery is one of those i hope zen- you're not shooting
3: people in the face though. no no it's, <laughs> no, I'm it's just a little bit behind <laughs> the body <I>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but uh I like bringing in the fact that it's stress-free. You're you're not competing against anybody else right. except for yourself. It's more of a zen motion of it. And I've seen some of my friends start buying bows and getting into it, like mm-hmm. slowly just doing target archery and then doing spots and 3D and then getting the opportunity to go out and hunting. So it's, it's great to see that your my enthusiasm is addicting. So this way, then all of a sudden, they got doing it and going from yep. there. I, go, uh, I was talking with Kayla from uh, uh, the Sticks and Stone Archery because that's um, Tyson's fiance. And she just started shooting last year. Yep. And we talked, and we we uh, talked to her about that first shoot at, at HJUSA in Toma, Sparta uh, in May. It's actually come, now it's gonna be coming up in May, but last year. And she said it was really kind of uh, overwhelming because it's like she's not used to having all eyes on her because it's in, our, in an archery um, field. If you have a woman coming in and carrying a bow, all eyes are on you immediately. Right. And she said she's like used to competition because she used to do cheer. But now it's a whole different type of thing because she's not sure if she needs to prove herself or what she needs to do and like and when as the day went on she felt more and more comfortable about it and she saw the camaraderie it wasn't a competition it was just all about fun there was some some razzing but that was just because it's like we all know each other right and, and it's like it's, it doesn't take long for she didn't re, she didn't take long for her to realize that when you run all these people it doesn't take long for them to get to get to know you because we've all had very similar um, experiences some more traumatic than others right. but we live in the midwest so it's like you, you kind of we all go through the four seasons so you have that we all like hunting we all like outdoors we and, and all the fun stuff so we all have like-minded ideas when it comes down to things you know and it was it's, it was it was a fun way to document her experience because now she's setting up a fourth place from her shoot this morning that's and, nuts and she didn't know it was gonna be she didn't know it was going to be ranked and the look that she gave to Tyson when she found out it's like it was hilarious.
3: Now they've been together for a while, and she just got into archery shooting. I think they've
2: been together for what two years now. Two
3: years. Yeah. yeah. And she got into got into um, spring break
2: of 2021, mm-hmm. and then now she is a uh, staffer for Expedition, and now she's uh, got her second. She's going to do an FLX bow that's going to be accustomed to, to her because it doesn't quite go to her size, but it's Tyson's. Um, Ingenuity's coming out so he's, he's tweaking it to make sure it fits and then now she has an idea for a third bow so it's it's good to see that passion rise out because once you get one bow it's like okay you, you got your, you got you got your feet in there now you get that second bow now you're swimming
3: now you're in it in it yeah exactly yeah, it's kind of funny because so my wife we've been married now six or seven years and she didn't start shooting until almost a year ago or two years ago yeah and i mean listen she lives, breathes, and dreams the outdoors, whether she likes it or not. I mean, it's it uh-huh. surrounds me every single day of my life, right? Because hunting season, then it goes fishing season, then shed season, turkey season. I mean, it's everything, right? <laughs> so she started She one day, and I never forced it, never talked about it or nothing. And one day she says, I want to shoot 3D. So okay. Then we started shooting 3D. She got a bow. Then she got a new bow. Then it was now it's just a downhill. Tour. Then she shot her first buck a, a, two years ago. You know now it's just downhill battle. You know so it's it's nice when when you have that passion and that love, man. It just it's it's like glue and it sticks to everybody else, man. It, it's it's really nice. You can bring it into everybody else's world just but just by having that that passion in it. Honestly. Oh
2: yeah, and it's like you get them to these these 3D events where they're non competition. It's just like fantastic. Like I love. Mm-hmm getting seeing new folks out there and seeing the kids like right now like i'm still flying high on the s3da shoot that i went to last year in uh, in june and that was um regionals right before nationals before they go to, to to illinois and that was just amazing watching all these kids and all these girls and all these boys out there and they're competing with against each other and different classes and learning all about that yep. and then finding out like there's a whole collegiate level to it too as well and like if you want to if you want to go to college you want to shoot bow, Texas A&M is way to go because those guys produce some of the best shooters. They have a great program,
3: and uh, it's a great way to network. I'm blown away at, I mean, even this weekend here, while we're here right now, there's the state archery competition for, for, for kids. I mean, that's, that's mind-blowing to me that, that it's still involved in the school systems and so on and so forth to get those kids out there, back back home, back east. They don't do stuff like that. I mean, we have a fishing league that I just found out with last week um, that they do in high school. They do a a bass fishing league. But um, as far as the shooting thing and the archery, I didn't know it was a big thing. I mean, Wade from Gator Outdoors, he goes over and he hangs out with a bunch of different uh, archery leagues with different places. And I was like, I was just blown away that they still do it and they they instill it in children. Oh, yeah, exactly.
2: And then even Wisconsin, too, like you start learning more about S3DA and they get – ASA and such like that, and you're finding a more of these different classes you can get into, it's just mind-blowing. and uh, I didn't know if but Tyson is, is gone through the whole training aspect to bring in new archers, and he was able to bring her up to his level, and now it's like, but he he, he works on bows all the time, so he doesn't need to put the time that she can into her, right. but it's like she shoots competitively really, really well, and uh, she's really enjoying everything, but it's good that like, they're seeing an influx of females and younger women getting in there to
3: get out of their comfort zone and it's and it's important with you know i've always been a huge advocate for women in the outdoors um for the simple fact of if if the the mother of the household is into that sport then the children are therefore going to follow into the sport also so i think to have the women involved and then their kids are gonna you know it's just gonna keep the sport growing constantly Mm -hmm. and the other thing too is to if anybody sees a woman doing it they're going to be more enticed to to be part of it right because it's it's it shows that they you know not not saying one thing or another but women are sometimes more timid but they're easier to connect with right so Mm -hmm. if they're in there doing it then everybody else can then follow in and and then get exactly
0: exactly
2: yeah, and Alicia here, she shoots with us too as well. I I just got her new strings on her bow. Mm-hmm. I got it, I went and um, we found really cool bear's color strings to match it, and she's all excited about that. And then I just got my uh, I think I told you about, this, but I got my four X lens kit from HJ. Yeah. And I put it on, and I'm I'm sitting like this in my hand, looking down the scope, and it's like, I couldn't believe how much of an eye relief it was having just a four X. Gave it to her, and it's like it, she felt more relaxed. But uh, we're going to wait until she gets her new lenses. And then we're going to buy a new lens kit for her and then go from there. So this way then she doesn't feel so, um, she feels more confident drawing back and releasing because now she can see the target because her eyesight is is not very, it's, right. it's just been deteriorating.
3: And that happens. And yeah. Does that make it that much easier in the shooting world when you're using oh, yeah. magnifier or Magnifiers
2: whatever? are well worth the money, especially if you, as you notice, because we're so used to staring at our our, our laptop or cell phones, so our eyes aren't used to stretching as far. So it's like our 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 unit of measurement is off. So that's why a lot of people get become dependent on rangefinders because we don't spend that time outdoors Stunty. looking at distances and stuff like that. That's why uh, it's why the um, the easy v is becoming so popular for useful shooters because you don't. It's once you get your twenty yard dashes lined up,
3: well then everything else fits into place. And that's 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 definitely I, I've always thought about getting a magnifier but I just never did it so it's, it's really good to hear that they actually work out and that if I if uh, if I would have brought my bow down
2: here I would have shown you and you would have seen it and it's like this is awesome but start with the 4x because if you do uh, from what I've from heard from people that shoot ASAs and stuff like that if you do it in 6x then then you have to you have to redo your peep and it could become an expensive uh I guess even more expensive because a shot with the guy last year between his uh, his housing and his peep. His peep set alone was over two hundred bucks.
3: So, but does it does it really magnify the target down down? Oh, yes. So it puts it a little bit closer, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: it's on where the where your pin's at is where the magnifier at. So you can actually see because I can't see past thirty yards, and it's just because I have no depth perception. So when I was holding up his bow, holding it, I could actually see a sign that was in our far living room that I couldn't see standing where I was just with my glasses. Wow. That it makes made a, a huge, huge difference.
3: difference. Wow. That's cool. And
2: you can throw it on a multi pin site too. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm living, breathing HHA. So, but it's one of those type of things that's, I, I, I recommend checking it out if you can find somebody to do it or getting, getting this first hand yeah. experience. And, uh, it's well worth it. I've, I've noticed that anything like that, that 10 to 10 to 20 yards, the, the magnifier is not really necessary. But it's that twenty plus yards yeah. is where it really plays a, a, a value in that uh, mm-hmm. in studying, in shooting and such like that. So, and with a new bow, I'm gonna have the fun. I'm gonna have the fun of uh, sighting that in and getting it all set up because it's gonna be my target bow type slash type thing. I used to have a 34 axle axle from the white uh, the white factor back in 2015. Well, I ended, ended up um, due to repetitive motions, I ended up getting a golfer's elbow. Well, after a treatment with an acupuncture. One treatment, fixed it. Really? And so now I'm, now my shoulder, my elbow is now able to handle a full draw at uh, a full poundage at 65 pounds on my, my Elite. And now with the uh, expedition I just got at 70 pounds, I'm drawing it back without any pressure, without any issue. And it's like I was really, when I was, when I was shooting it and drawing it back, I was paying attention to the cycle, the peaks, the valley, the back wall. There's no sponginess. Letting it down, I didn't feel like it was going to rip my arm off. It was very subtle about the whole process. Plus, I got a really good deal on it, even though the DL DLX is, what is it? I think it's like, I think it's a 2020 bow. I'm still, I still, since, since it was brand new, I still get a lifetime warranty on it with manufacturer defects, stuff like that, wow. which, is, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, that is impressive. And then Kurt Heddington, he's here. He's here on site. So it's like, he's a great guy to have a conversation
3: with too. Wow. That's cool. I didn't realize that a bow would do something like that. Yeah, bow company would actually yeah. go the
2: extra mile because we're used to like Hoyt and Matthews and Elite doing one-year uh, manufacturer warranty. But these guys, they'll take care of it. And if there's if there's if, as long as it's manufactured defects, they'll take care of it. And uh, switch limbs is very easy because they make different limbs mm-hmm. for all different bows and such. You can you can make different colors. It's very fun. They make it very customizable. And it's one of the what Kurt was driving towards when they when they bought it from because it used to be in Yankton, South Dakota. Then he bought it. I think it was 2016 or 2017, recently. Then he moved over to decor Isle, which is I think it's three hours from here. But it's not an easy shot. It's lots right. of back road stuff. Really, absolutely pretty. Through the cornfield. And uh, their bows are set up to be where it's very low maintenance for the shops to get them set up. It's so like all you need to do is throw the peep side on there, throw the site on there, get it all set, put a put a couple arrows down to make sure the paper you get paper tuned, and you're ready to rock and roll. That's cool, man. You know, that's yeah. I, I'm
3: I'm gonna have to go in over to their booth and check them out.
2: Yeah, you got to. Tyson's over there. Kayla's over there. I have to go back over there anyways because that's where I left my bow at. Cause I wasn't. I didn't want to carry it all around. Right, right. Kayla said, "Hey, just leave your bow here." It's like, heck yeah. Well, they don't mind. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly right. <laughs> uh, but so that's the cool thing about it. I it's just I, I like being able to do all this fun stuff, and I've always I've always been attracted to, to expedition, and I didn't know what my next bow was, but I wanted I knew I wanted it to be a a uh, 34 axle axle and i've sh- I shot the v3x shot the white both phenomenal bows but they're out of my price range and when tyson told me he had this in this timber campbell print which is like i wanted to go more of a target archie but now you know what i'm glad i didn't because now i had this opportunity to take this out in the ground blind with a tree stand
3: absolutely and you find that a 34 axle axle is better for you as far as forgiving this and I think it, just, it, just, it has a lot more forgiveness when you're shooting. Right. I
2: do like the like if I'm in a ground bond, I like my I like my Elite 31. But if I'm the Tristan, I have now I have more room to spread out and stuff like that. So I kind I can like to have that flexibility mm-hmm. and having a little bit of give to be able to if I may have missed up messed up or something like that. I can I have a little bit of play with it. Right. And I shoot a heavier arrow naturally with it as well. I have a set of aluminum arrows that I've been holding on since my last 34 axle axle. So I like shooting aluminum with. A longer axle axle bow. It's just something about it, how it shoots fly straighter and such. And they have that that thicker spine. It's just very interesting. The only downside is, like, aluminum, there's not a very many of those being manufactured. So right. I always put those with a five-spot, or I'm shooting, I'm shooting last.
3: Right. <laughs> I, I think, you know, it's kind of funny, you know, for you is, is to go out and shoot different bows and try different bows. I think that's an important thing, and I tell everybody that. I mean, if you're going to go out there, I mean, it's Dodge Ford Chevy, right? It's preference. I yes. mean, that's all it is. I mean, they're all... Mm-hmm relatively the same you know what i'm saying i mean little things here there on them but if you're in the market for a bow go shoot them all yes. go see what's comfortable for you you know like i might i might be an elite guy you might be a hoyt guy or an expedition guy it doesn't matter like my opinion doesn't mean anything when it comes to you you have to be comfortable with that bow and go out there and shoot what you want to shoot so like mm-hmm. like yourself hoyt then elite now your expedition i mean you got to shoot what what you like and what's going to work best for you that you feel comfortable with. and i mean yeah. archery's 90% of it's just confidence. Mm-hmm. I mean, really. And how it feels in your
2: hand, how it balances and stuff like that. And it's like, I, I overanalyze it. That's just how I've always been. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I want, to, that's why I tell anybody that's getting into it, go shoot as many bows as you want. Go shoot a Bowtech. Go shoot um, Infinite Edge. Go shoot everything you possibly can. Right. And then make a decision. And then it's like, then from there, like, if you like that Hoyt, that, the, the RX-7, then save up for it. Because then this, now this gives you drive and a goal to hit. Because then you're gonna be saving, you're you're gonna watch your money. You're not gonna be spending on stupid shit, and you're gonna pay attention to what you're gonna do to need to get to that end goal. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm all for that, man.
3: Me too. I really am. I. And and you gotta set it. You gotta set yourself. I mean, hunting in itself, you gotta set yourself a goal. Whether Mm -hmm. it's to go on a hunt, whether it's to buy a piece of equipment or whatever the case, you have to set those goals. If you're not setting those goals, you're not gonna achieve those goals. And one thing I say a lot is, you're you're you have to chase your dreams because your dreams aren't going to chase you and that's yes. a very very big part of of anything that you do
2: oh yeah amen to that brother i just uh, a couple last week um i found i was looking i found out that uh dr jordan peterson was going on a book tour for his for his uh, another I, I can't remember the it's like t- it's like the part two of now it's like 12 rules to life when his first one was 10 rules to life and he is like he's been sick for the last couple of years because he he overexerted himself he did like a hundred and 87 cities all across the world, just giving lectures and stuff like that. And if anybody that's listened to him or watched my TikTok or my, my TikTok deals, but my Instagram reels, I use his voice because he brings a, a certain value that resonates with me. And it's like, he's going to be in Minneapolis in May 15th. Oddly enough, it's the same weekend as HHA USA, the first shoot, but it's like, I'm going to just go up there with my buddy. And we actually have the same type of mindset behind that type of ideals and we spent the money to actually do a meet and greet with them. And I'm absolutely floored with it because this, this, this is a story that could resonate with a lot of people. But we, uh, Leisha and I went to the northern invasion here a couple of years ago before Chris Cornell, Chris Cornell died before, on Mother's Day. And we saw him and it's like and then two weeks later, he was pronounced dead. And we decided like at that point in time, we wanted to make it a mission of ours to see some of these um, more established Rock stars or speakers, mm-hmm. just to actually go and see them and meet them, or at least try to attempt to meet them. Right. And it just kind of fell in. The, I had the money; it was going to be the right place, or the right place to go up to. Because it's only like a two and a half hour drive, so it's not that big a deal to get there and back. So four hour round trip. And it's it's a it's an icon. He is going to be. He's like he's our Socrates of today. Because the way he talks about it, and like he just did a one a podcast two weeks ago about divorce. He talks about kids. He talks about marriage. Talks about um, like how to maintain like uh, like a lot of references to his own life and how he has his own daughter and he's a, he has a granddaughter and stuff like that. So it's very unique to listen to him speak and such. But now say I have a meet great I have to really think about what questions I want to ask him because I've been paying attention because I've been listening to his, his um, fall of 2021 because they had the election cycle there in Canada. Listening to him about that with uh, Rex. I can't remember the guy's last name. And then I've also like listened to him with um, Dennis Prager. Uh, Steve Carell, uh, let's see, Joe Rogan, obviously, and a bunch of other people. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, I want to meet him because it's like, he is going to, his his words of wisdoms are going to resonate for a long time. And he does a really good deep dive in the Bible. He talks really deeply about how the social di- dynamics of, of fascism, totalitarianism, we he's seeing in today's society and like how we're, we're, we're going back to the 1920s in, in Austria and Germany and why we're watching all these all the rights being stripped away and all that fun stuff so having circling back to an event like Iowa Deer Classic here this place is packed it is there's tons of people here all across I mean we saw people well obviously for you from from Connecticut us from Wisconsin people out from Missouri from what uh, Illinois over from um, uh, Nebraska Kansas so Montana, all kinds, yeah Montana North Dakota.
3: too Dakota I got some friends from all over, man. It's, yeah, it's nuts.
2: But it's like it, it lets you know that the community's still here, that they still support yeah. the outdoors. And
3: that's what I'm getting at. Us as us as outdoorsmen is, you know, go back to the 1920s. I'm okay with it. I'm perfectly okay with it. We're, we're gonna survive. Us outdoorsmen are gonna survive. I mean, mm-hmm. Hank said it the best. Hank Williams, the Country Boy's gonna survive, right? I mean, right. it's it's reality because us, we could go back to the trade and barter system if we had to. Mm-hmm. We could. As us, as survivalists, as outdoorsmen, we can survive on whatever else that we can kill, whatever we can take. We we know plants with foraging and fishing mm-hmm. and everything else. It's fine. Whatever the world does outside, we'll, we'll be, we'll, we will survive. I promise you that. Yeah.
2: The only downside is that with our unique set of skills, it's like our, our, our group of friends gets smaller because it's like I don't want to be. I don't want to bring on dead weight. If you cannot do X, Y, and Z, it's, <laughs> it's like, truth. you're going to, you're going to hinder my progression because now I have to not only feed you and defend you, but also like, how can you defend me? How can I watch? How can you trust you? And stuff like that. It's like, it's a, it
3: can become very dark real fast. Right. It's every man for themselves in that case. Right. Like a lot of people say, they go, Oh, I know if, if the, if something happens in the world, I mean, this was before all this craziness happening now, but they're like, Oh, you know, I'm going to come to your house, Trev. I go, you can come to my house. You're probably not going to make it in the driveway because I don't want to deal with you. I don't want to have to take care of you too. Mm -hmm. What skills do you have to set towards me? Because I think." In all reality, as being an outdoorsman my entire life is I have the skill set that I know to survive. Why do I have to take on somebody else? I mean, me and my family or the people or my peers close to me, those are the ones I'm going to help. Anybody else, if you don't have a a trade, we don't need you. You know, it's like Waterworld, right? I mean, you just got to you got to have. And that's what the outdoorsmen are. I mean, it's we have to band together and stick together and. And move forward honestly.
2: exactly because when all things come to end it's like whether they to be the ones that are going to be the because like a lot of us outdoorsmen are, are have a military background or have that firearm experience like we're if, the nice thing is we are not have to worry about ever being invaded because it's like thank goodness for um the ukraine proving why we need the second amendment thank mm-hmm. god for that Because right. now it's like you're seeing all these all these young boys having to get firearms from the government hey here you go you know it's like hey now they're a good thing yeah exactly right but uh I tell people like if you want to see what's going on in society, watch Wag the Dog. Movie came out in 1997. Dennis Hoffman, Robert De Niro. But what it is is basically it's a it's a, it was a dark comedy with um, the Clinton um, sex
3: scandal back in the uh, mm. mid 90s. I'm not good with movies. I'll but be it's, honest. It's, I'm I am not good with movies. I don't watch TV. I don't watch movies. So you're asking yeah. the wrong guy over well, here. Uh, I it's, you those
2: that. who like the, a lot of people do, but it's like, what I'm getting at is like it's all about smoke and mirrors, about distractions, oh. because. Where we're moving to a new financial system. We have $30, 000, $30 trillion in debt. We we have no means to pay it back. So we're going to have a reset. So it's like we're just kind of yeah, – we're
3: going back prep- to trade and barter, like I said. Yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's what's going to happen. We're okay with yeah, that. Exactly. We all know how to can food and everything else that we got going on. I mean, we – but we were the bad guys, right, as <laughs> outdoorsmen. We were the bad guys because we got killed and whatever. But now everybody's begging us. I mean, there was over a million – uh, First time gun buyers uh, last year alone or the year uh-huh. before. But I mean, come on, guys. You know, it's. Did, yeah, sports, this is- and everybody listening is obviously a sportsman or outdoors- uh-huh. outdoorsman.
2: But here's something fun. I I, follow, I don't know if you follow We the People Holsters, something out like of Las no. Vegas. Last, oh, I think it was last week, right after it turned over to the March, they, put, they had a little uh, um, figure on there that there was like 2.3 million background checks were ran in February alone.
3: Whoa, so it's more than what I had thought as first time gun buyers then. Oh, yeah
2: La- between uh as we knew was was all going on with uh last year like in in the in the early years the early months of the spring of twenty twenty one there was like some like like on average like one point seven million
3: background checks by the FBI wow and you know that shows honestly it really honestly shows because there's in all these shows that I've gone to this year alone, how many people in numbers of, of people that are new to the outdoors that are coming to all these shows. I mean, the numbers are through the roof of yes. these shows. I mean, look how many people are here. I oh, mean, yeah. That's probably the best Saturday I've ever seen here. I mean, honestly, or like I said, Pennsylvania. That was the best I've ever seen. Yeah, mean, it like really you was. said, 11 days, 200,000 people. That's yeah. amazing. And it's an NRA show. Mm-hmm. And that's what it, it's put on by the NRA and they made a huge statement. Look what we did. We're getting yeah. back to regular life, you know?
2: And that is good like that the people are making that push. They're not buying into pfizer and moderna and johnson and johnson they're not buying in now i'm just waiting for watching fauci because the left is very transactional and so he's his purpose is now served to either watch him either get thrown into the bus get put up with the nuremberg project 2.0 or it's just like he's just going to disappear or he accidentally commits suicide by getting two gunshot head wounds to the back of the skull <laughs> get epstein essentially yeah exactly <laughs> now we now could go it's like yeah fauci'd
3: yeah, oh, there, there he is, maybe part of the Clintons. There you go.
2: <laughs> well, that's why if you look at uh, Ukraine, you pay attention, like the, the, the amount of money that the Gates Foundation received has either received or been given, and then also the uh, Clinton Foundation. And then if you look back in like from 2010 to 2015, the amount of sex trafficking that came through Ukraine is ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. And that's it's nuts. like like uh, Joe Rogan quoted from Trump is that he was they're not after him, they're after us, meaning the populace.
3: Jeez, man, that's crazy.
2: Yeah, it's it's because the, the the awakening hap, the apocalypse because apocalypse means awakening in Greek, and well, it's, it's it's pronounced a little bit differently, but that's what we've been awoken to is we're we're noticing all this stuff because like when we're trying to bring everything back from China over here, that's what we wanted to have done. It's like we, that was the awakening we need. To, we sh- we showed our hands that we knew we were self so, um, um, not self sufficient, and then that showed our opening hands. So now it's like we need to be gearing up to bring everything back over here and have bring back jobs because and getting warren buffett to open up the keystone pipeline because he's the only reason why it shut down because he owns all of the railroad system here in iowa wisconsin minnesota north dakota south dakota he he was after that shut down he was forecast to make i think it was like two billion in the first quarter or 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 first two quarters wow so that's that tells you like those are the people that really control we just got a potato in the office right now just kind of is a distraction that's what happens, man. It's just the way it goes. Right, man. So, I'm. I think we've 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 covered a lot of different things. Is there something that's that you have in the mind well, from A to Z? Oh yeah, that's very true. It's like that's a nice thing about us podcasters. We we can we can talk about whatever we need to 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 get what's been on our shoulders. We want to get off of our back.
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's the fun thing about podcasting, right? We can say or do whatever we want. I yeah. mean, it's, it is definitely a nice thing. No, I, I really don't. I mean, I think it was a great conversation and, you know, thanks again for having me on. It's, it's yeah. been an awesome thing. It really is. I, I love, I love chit chatting with you and it was great to finally shake your hand and see you face to face. Oh man. yeah,
2: exactly. It's like yeah. we can, we can marvel at each other's beards cause it's yeah. like, it's pretty sharp. <laughs> cause now it's like I've caught down white bass and that's our closest to stripers yep. over here. And I was like, now I want to get out there and actually catch a, a massive, strikers. yeah exactly yeah. and then for you it's like if you want to come out and go it's hunting white. i we, i can get you over a turkey tag getting a deer tag is really cheap here in wisconsin they even give you oh, a place wisconsin. to stay yeah yeah, yeah well, Iowa, good luck with iowa but yeah just, I, I know
3: man i it's just i've been putting in for iowa for what two years now and i still got another two to three more years to go i mean it's tough tough
2: oh yeah yeah it is
3: i usually from what i understand it's about every three years
2: you get an opportunity so maybe through maybe COVID.
3: With the with the people and the demand for it, uh, they actually went up from what I heard to another. They went up another year. Like, uh, what do they call? It? I don't know exactly know what they call it, but uh, it might might go up a, another credit. Oh, uh, like another yeah. point, another, yeah, another perfect point, point type yeah. scenario. Yeah. yeah. Whatever.
2: I, I hear you, man. It's like it's like li- like taking advantage. Like West, between Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, and Illinois. Minnesota and Wisconsin to the same price for uh, over the tag tags are like 168 uh if it's your first time hunting in wisconsin it's like, like 75 bucks it's ridiculously cheap really because they, they want to encourage everybody and they're not gonna they're not gonna penalize you by age right and so this way if you're if you're because in wisconsin you can hunt at age one oh. all the way up now l- nobody's gonna do that but it's like you know where you feel comfortable but it's like it allows it put what it does is it puts that education in the parents hand not making the government dictate what you can do and raise your children now with that in mind you go to illinois that's a 600 hundred dollar tag right there And you come over to west and come over to here to iowa well then you got to get the preference points it can we take you five years to get one yeah, i and think then
3: it's 60 or 80 bucks a year yeah exactly that, that adds
2: up then you got to add the gas travel and you got to add you got to add in the, the uh, license for that year yeah that that, you're gonna haunt it yeah it, it, it turns into like 12 1500 bucks real quick
3: but you know what that's the love and the joy that we all we all do <laughs> and we strive for man it is i mean it's when it comes to that when you even if you do an out-of-the-state diy hunt i mean they get expensive and i was i was talking to a a couple of friends here i mean i mean the diy hunt that i did before was probably close to what i would spend to go to an outfitter Mm -hmm. so i mean after you know we camp we try and do it cheap we try and do a lot of things different but i mean it's still it still costs a ton of money but that's why we love it man it is it is we put it all back into to the to the economy
2: but the nice thing is like well we're getting back to wrapping up with minnesota and iowa yeah. so you get a group of guys that takes your travel costs down because you guys can right get a place to stay or get a camper because like if you if you came over and you brought to bring a couple of guys i have a camper i can put you up on a on a site where it's going to be either have air conditioning or heating and then it'll cut that middle cost right out but if you guys are four, you guys splitting the cost of gas or diesel It it, it makes it more feasible, and coming to your Mm -hmm. wife, it's like, hey, this is what I want to do. It doesn't seem that expensive now because you're breaking that expense up.
3: Absolutely. I mean, that was the nice thing about we did camping on our DIY hunt, and it was way cheaper to do it that way than it was something else, um, than than to to get an Airbnb or a hotel. Oh,
2: 100%, man. It's expensive, man. Trevor, it was fantastic seeing you finally getting to meet you face-to-face, shaking your hand. I appreciate it. I'm glad you appreciate the gifts I'm giving you, man. Yeah, man. It's awesome. Dude, thank you again for coming on. Thank you, bro. You're welcome.